coming up on this episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. So these guys could have, you know, some, some sort of sex with 10 or 15 people in an evening. Uh, so I'm told. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I'm told. Ladies and gentlemen, young and old, I have a great show for you today. At least I, I think it's great. I've already recorded it. I had a good time. I'm just kind of telling you about somebody that I used to know and about the things that we did and stuff. And I, I just had a good time, had a few laughs, and, you know, it's kind of a fluffy nothing episode if you are brand new to the podcast, this is the first episode you're listening to. Eh, eh, I don't know if this is the best one for you to listen to uh, and judge it. But I seem to say that like about pretty much about every single episode I ever do. If you're new, don't listen to this one. If you're new, don't listen to this one. So you're left with probably like 10 of them or something that I haven't said that about. But it, listen, if you will. I hope you enjoy my little talk. <laughs> um, so before I get into that, I do just want to mention one single thing. And that is about the An Older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel. I am going to be putting out a new video um, in a few days. I pretty much got it together. And it's uh, a, a nice one. It's one about Paco and I going horseback riding for the first time. Paco had never been on a horse. So on his birthday, we went up to New Hampshire. I had bought a gift certificate to do some horseback riding. And we used that on his birthday. And I did a lot of filming of that while we were there. So I hope You'll check out the video. It's under 10 minutes, I think. And the video after that, which will be posted next week, is another cool one, I think. We go up to Ipswich, Massachusetts, and we go up to the estate that, if you ever saw the film The Witches of Eastwick, with Cher and Susan Sarandon and somebody else I can't think of, and it was about witches obviously, and Jack Nicholson was the devil. And there was an exterior scene where Jack Nicholson and Cher had a catered lunch up on top of a grass of these rolling hills. And in the scene, you could see them sitting there and you can see this big, huge mansion down this rolling lawn until you get to it. And it was a really nice scene. Well, we go to this house and all around the estate, it was a beautiful sunny day. I got lots of filming done and uh, actually have sound. I actually turned on the microphone, yay. And I think you'll like that video. And that will be coming up next week. So please do check out the YouTube channel, An Older Gay Guy Show at youtube.com. Just put that in the little search box on YouTube. Make sure you do say show, beginner diet and fitness show. If you leave off the show, I don't know, it gives you a bunch of other things. So type an older gay guy show.
and you'll get me. And again, uh, the horseback riding video is going to be up in a few days. Um, I just have to put some music in and just do the color correction on it. And then it will be there on my other YouTube channel for the diet podcast, which is called beginner diet and fitness show. Also on YouTube, I put a new video about tea. I love teas. I love coffees. And my intent is to periodically do videos about different kinds of teas and coffees, how they're grown and harvested, how they are processed, how they're brewed and what the taste is like. That is a six minute video and it's already posted on YouTube on the channel, Beginner Diet and Fitness Show. Okay, enough plugin. I'm trying to get you to go to YouTube. Go to YouTube, go to YouTube, subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> subscribe to everything that's related to me, basically, is what I'm saying. My name is Joey Hernandez, and this is stealing a title from the Bill Murray comedy, What About Bob? Season 3, Episode 6. And I got that wrong in the last podcast. <laughs> I screwed it up. But season three, episode six of An Old Casual. So the coolest thing happened today that I want to tell you about. Now, I had mentioned a couple podcasts ago about the 95-year-old music teacher that some friends and I were establishing friendship again. We would go and visit her at this nursing facility that she is in. And there was a Facebook page created for this woman. And a lot of my high school friends have slowly joined in to this Facebook page. Some of them had visited this music teacher. Some have not yet, like myself, but were interested in what's going on. So we're following on the page. And there was a high school friend named Bob that made a comment under one of the postings on this page. And the last I had seen of Bob was when I was living with my female fiancé for that short time for about a year. And uh, that was during the time when she became pregnant and we lost the baby. It was... I want to say 80 to 81-ish, something around those those years. And Bob had been going to hairdressing school. And so I needed a haircut back when I had a full head of hair. <laughs> My David Cassidy shag hair that I wore in the 70s. So he came over and he cut my hair for me. And it was practice. He needed to do a certain number of heads of people and keep records of them uh, for school. So it was great. He came over. It was great. I got a haircut right there in my house. And you know how sometimes you go to someone to cut your hair, and, and if they're new, you don't know who they are, you might say, okay, I, I don't want very much cut off, you know, just a little bit on the sides. And they're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. And they cut away, and they cut away, and they cut away, and then they blow dry your hair, and it's all gone. And you get this frustration, like, 
fuck, why did I let this person touch me? Well, the cool thing was Bob and I were friends. And as he was cutting, I could say, hey, don't, I, that's too much hair. <laughs> don't cut that much off. But that was the last time I had seen Bob, and it was great seeing him post on this page. So I sent him a private message saying, hey, how you doing? It's me from high school, da 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 hope you're doing well. And uh, he sent me a message back saying, oh my God, wow, it's so great to talk to you. You know, I hadn't had contact with you for something over 35 years or so. So it was great to get this message. So I sent him back another message saying, yeah, this is what I've been doing, da 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 And um, how is your brother? He had an older brother that I was friends with. And he messaged me back and kind of caught me up on what had been going on in his life. He had a partner for 28 years, and that partner passed on about seven years ago. So then he mentioned his brother that I had known, and he said, unfortunately, he passed away about 10 years ago. So this was in one message to me, you know, about his, his partner passing away and his brother passing away. And then he further said, you know, it's really hard to date people at, you know, my age to go out and, and meet people being an older person. And so in my next message back to him, I say to him, you know, how sorry I was about his partner. And I, I hope that the memories of being together for 28 years, which is amazing. I, I hope those memories carry you through the rest of your life. And that I was sorry about his brother. Um, he didn't really elaborate on what happened, but he had died at age 49. And I was very sorry to hear that. And then after me giving this sympathy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> in response to his, it's hard to date when you're older, I say, okay, I've just given sympathy <laughs> remarks to you, and now I'm, I'm actually going to shamelessly plug my podcast because it's for older gay guys, and we often talk about dating when you're older. And I was, I was just thinking, oh my God, this is so bad for me. Why, why didn't I send the sympathy message and then wait maybe for a response and then promote my podcast? <laughs> oh, so rude. Bob, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry I did it the way I did it. Let me tell you a little bit about Bob. He was awesome. He's a year younger than I am. And he was involved in the same activities in school that I was, uh, a a music person. I believe he was also in drama. Um, very cool kid. Loved him. Redhead. Oh, I have a thing for redheads. So back then in high school, I had already slept with men and women, but men primarily. And when I was, I want to say I was probably 16 or 17, which I guess means he would be 15 or 16. Bob and I had been friends in school, and we started to hang out outside of school. And Bob is now a grown gay man, and I am now a grown gay man. So therefore, in high school, well, that might mean that's when you kind of experiment with what things you are going to do in life. So after my brothers had moved out of our house and I was just alone with my mother when she began dying, 
I had taken one of my brother's bedrooms, which was really cool. It was over our garage, so it was a little bit different than the other rooms in the house. And I really liked this room. I didn't like sleeping in it that much, but I decided that I wanted to set it up as kind of a place to take my friends and listen to music and have a few drinks and whatever. So I went about setting up this room. My mother at that point was too sick to really be walking around the house, so I don't think she ever knew what I did there. But I got a bunch of plants, which at the time I was into plants, but I've always had a habit of killing plants. So I'm not a good plant person. The, the plants that we have here in our house, Paco takes care of those. I am very bad with plants. But I used to buy them, and then they'd die, and then I'd just buy more. And I had kind of a makeshift couch, because we used to have a glider down on our large screened porch. So it was aluminum framed with, you know, a kind of plasticky seats. So it could be outside in the bad weather and nothing bad would happen to it. So I brought that up into this room and set it up so it didn't move. And that was kind of my couch. And then I had my desk in there at an angle and I had various tables with lamps and the plants around them. And then to top it all off, I put red light bulbs in my lamps. So at night, when that those lights are turned on, there was a nice red glow throughout the room. It kind of resembled bar lighting in the respect that back in the 70s, all the bars used this red low lighting. It's still probably done today in certain areas of a club, but back then, like all the bars had these low lights. So, you know, it, we were notorious back then for getting kind of drunk in a bar and, you know, meeting a guy and starting to make out with a guy or whatever. And then you leave the bar and you go from this, <laughs> you go from this dark reddish lighting to suddenly street lights and car lights. And you look and you can really realize the person you've been making out with. And it's like, oh, sorry, gotta go. So sorry. <laughs> Um, so I recreated this red lighting in this room and I kind of regarded it as my, uh, my seduction room. That was where I intended to bring my friends and kind of ply them with alcohol, even though we were all underage and, uh, see what happens. I had a stereo up there as well. And... If you're anywhere around my age, you might know of a group that was called Bread, B-R-E-A-D. And they had an album called The Best of Bread, which had all of their hits, which were these romantic, slow songs. But they were songs of the day, of the period. So it wasn't like listening to older music, like Frank Sinatra kind of stuff. It was modern day, but it, it was it was ballads, and that was very popular back in the 70s. And so I had this album, and the only good side of the album was side one. That had all of these romantic hits that had been on the radio. The other side 
I played it maybe three times in my life. It it wasn't any good. It wasn't that that cool romantic kissing, seduction, dancing kind of music, slow dancing. And so I always played side one of the best of bread with my red lights in my seduction room. And uh, I had a lot I, I had a lot of success in that seduction room, I'll have you know. And Bob <laughs> ended up being one of my guests, let's say, yes. So um, sure enough, we were in there and we were drinking, you know, and we kind of, you know, we didn't know if each other was gay or kind of doing that stuff. So it always... You know, the night always kind of progressed in a sitting kind of far apart and having drinks and talking normally and then slowly like moving closer, slowly, you know, banging each other's legs and not moving your knee so it's against his and you're putting a little pressure on it and then maybe an arm around the shoulders. I mean, I was, even at that young age, (laughs) I had already learned how to lure in men to my spider web and get them. And, you know, all in fun, all in people that are interested in doing the same thing that you want to do. It's not like any kind of uh, sexual assault or something, although you'd probably hear about that these days. But, you know, we were both underage at the time. And I had alcohol because my mother always let me have alcohol. I I have mentioned that before. Starting around 13 or 14, I was able to go out with my mother and we would have cocktails and they wouldn't serve me all the time. So I would take sips out of my mother's glass. Actually, she kind of pushed her glass at me and said, here, you can have a few sips. And then by 14 or 15... I was able to have my own drinks. And they went to just a couple certain lounges during the day, in the afternoon, after shopping. That's what my mother always did. Her and her her sister went shopping. And so we would go to the same lounges, and the wait staff got to know us, and they convinced them that I was 18. Drinking age was 18 at the time. And I looked older than my age. So I used to get my own drinks. And then, you know, I started being able to have alcohol at home. My mother would buy it and I was welcome to it. Or it would be gifted to me from my mother's boyfriend. And my mother would ask me after she ran out of all her alcohol, hey, do you still have these bottles that, that, um, that Eddie bought for you? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, can I have one so we don't go out to the store? Yes. So alcohol was flowing back and forth in my house from a very young age. So I would just go to our hutch where the bottles were stored and bring some up. Or sometimes, again, drinking age was 18 and I was a few years below that, but I looked older. They didn't card very often. It was the 70s. Nobody did shit like that. So I would be able to go into liquor stores and buy alcohol quite often. And gee, I loved that. I loved alcohol at high school age. So sure enough, Bob and I started drinking and inching our way closer and da 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 And, you know, we ended up having sex. Interestingly, back then, I don't think that I ever 
fucked a guy probably until I was almost in my mid-twenties, I want to say. It was always oral. I didn't have any interest in me being fucked if somebody, you know, put a finger trying to put it up my butt. I'd hate it. No, no, get out of there. That hurts. And people were the same way. A lot of oral going on and just not a lot of fucking amongst the people that I knew. So it was all oral stuff. And we had a nice time and we got together at least a couple times, maybe three times doing that stuff. And then after me having met a good number of guys, I had had sex with a good number of guys. And I had almost always tried to date the people that I was hooking up with. Unfortunately, I would meet them at a bar or an outside cruising place. And when you get with those kinds of people, you know, if they're at a leather bar (laughs) and, uh, you know, sex was easy and uh, in the uh, cruising areas, pretty much the last thing that anyone wanted to do was to be dating someone. You know, they wanted to anonymously go behind a bush and do something with somebody and then walk away from that and go behind another bush and do something else with somebody. So these guys could have, you know, some, some sort of sex with 10 or 15 people in an evening. Uh, so I'm told. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) So I'm told. Anyway, so I was always trying to date people. I was interested in having a long-term relationship, even from back then. My ideal relationship really has not changed, and I am in a beautiful relationship now. But it took a hundred years for me to get here. So I would try to date guys that I met in these places and in bars, in dance clubs as well. And most guys weren't interested in dating, or if they were, they weren't interested in dating someone that they found out is 15 or 16, you know, for whatever reason, they had a problem with that. So I was always being let down by guys. And one night Bob was over and Bob, if you are listening, I'll bet you remember this night. My mother had passed on at that point and Bob was over and we were upstairs actually in what was my parents' bedroom. They still had twin beds in that room, even though my father had died many years ago and my mother was in, had just died or was certainly She was at the very least downstairs in the hospital bed. I don't remember which. But I was up in my parents' bedroom with Bob, and we were each laying on one of the twin beds, and we're just kind of facing each other, you know, up on our arms on our side, and just talking in general. And I decided that I was the older, more experienced guy, and therefore I took it upon myself to give my philosophy to Bob because I didn't want Bob to be hurt like I had been hurt by these guys that I tried to date. And so we were drinking, and it was at night, and I I had probably spent 45 minutes or so telling Bob how awful it is to be gay. And 
the fact that it's so hard to date guys. They don't want that. They only want sex. And once you give them sex, they're out the door. Funny how that uh, seems to have lasted all these many, many, many years now, because isn't that still going on? I don't know. Fortunately, I'm too old to be down in my 20s dating all these guys. But I'm sure hookups are the primary thing that people are doing. I know that guys are in relationships much more now than ever before, and that's because I think they've learned from us. Uh, they learned some things from the AIDS crisis. And being able to be openly gay at young age, at high school or college, you have that acceptance. And so therefore you can date and you can go out on a date. And if you go to a restaurant and it's a date, the server somehow figures it out, obviously, and you're treated very nicely. Or you could walk down the street in certain parts of Boston holding hands without anybody calling you fag or something. So today is much easier to date. But I'm sure there are billions of us on the planet I would think that hookups are still the primary thing going on. And so I told Bob about my experiences, the different guys I had met and the different guys that I ended up having sex with. And even though I was interested in dating them, that never happened. And so I was telling Bob, you know, you don't pursue the gay life. Get out of it. Find a woman that will stay with you and be faithful to you and will be there for you and won't run off with somebody else. So as I'm telling this story to Bob and, you know, more or less giving advice, throughout this speech that I had, I could see Bob's face slowly changing from being, you know, fairly nice in the evening and kind of happy to hearing this story and his face getting more and more this look of shock and awe and depression and <laughs> every kinds of surprised in a negative way uh, kind of facial expression that one could give. I finish all of my things like, oh, you know, I'm about to be engaged to this girl and I'm going to marry her and I'm going to put all this gay shit behind me. No men, because they'll only break your heart. So Bob looks at me after I finish talking and says, like, in a very quiet voice, Oh my God, I'll never sleep with another guy. And I'm like, I know, right? And he's, that's, that, I don't want that kind of life that you described. That's, that's horrible. I'm going to make sure that I live a straight life. <sighs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> so even uh, like a couple of years later when he's cutting my hair, when I'm, he's over the apartment of my fiance and myself, w of course, we didn't talk about gay stuff. My, my fiance was there and, and it, it just came up, you know, Bob, what's going on? Oh, I'm just going to school and kind of, you know, going out with friends and keeping to myself. And he didn't really talk about dating guys or anything, you know, none, no gay conversation was going on. And now all these years pass. <laughs> oh, Bob, I'm sorry. I don't know how long you were celibate after I gave you my speech. I'm hoping it might be like a week or something. Please let it not have been 
a longer time because I was just, uh, I, I, I was just in such a bad way with the gay life at that point. You know, I, I wanted to date guys and no one wanted to date me. They all loved having sex with me. They all wanted to have sex with me again, but let's just keep it on a sexual thing. And I thought I carried that for a long time. And now I realize really that was what everybody was doing back then in the seventies. They really weren't in relationships as much as what you see today or hear about today. So when Bob sent me this message that he had had a partner for 28 years, I was really happy for him that he had found someone and had that kind of relationship. His partner died of cancer, so I'm sure that that was a very difficult and slow process. And, and having gone through it with my mother, I can only imagine how awful it was for Bob at the time. But again, 28 years is absolutely amazing, and I should be so lucky. I think that uh, I'm too old to really reach that. If I do, I may not even know that I have reached that. But I, I hope that, that life has good things in store for Bob in the future. And it touched me today that I could connect with another person from so long ago and that we're going to stay in contact and that we share the thoughts of, of this music teacher. And that's really, I, I have to thank even the people that created that Facebook group about the music teacher, because that has brought so many of us back together. And we're all posting photos from high school back to grandma school. Some of us knew each other and it's amazing to, you know, at my, at my wedding, at Paco and my wedding, we had uh, two high school friends. I invited this girl that I had been in touch quite a bit with on Facebook. She and I knew each other from grandma school and she lives up in New Hampshire and she was kind enough to come down to our wedding. And I did the bring somebody thing and I expected her to bring a partner or something. And she brought this other girl that I knew from grandma school. And it was amazing to have these two people at my wedding and at the reception that I could kind of socialize with high school people again. So Facebook is incredible. You know, there's a lot of bad things they're saying about Facebook, about the ads and Russia and uh, all this propaganda that's on there. And yes, 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 I know. And yes, I know they're stealing all our personal information and all that crap. I can tell that by the ads that are on the side of my Facebook feed happen to be the things that I have been looking for online. So funny, 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 they show up there. But the beauty of it is it brought some of my family and I closer because it's so much easier to write a short message to somebody than to sit down and try to get together with somebody you haven't seen in 20 years. I have cousins uh, that I'm in contact with that I haven't seen for 40 years. And just Bob is just another person that it's amazing to be able to have our past back. But the weird thing is, for whatever reason, I 
expect when I see these people, somehow it's in my mind that they're going to look the same as the last time I saw them. And funny, 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 35 years later, you don't look quite the same you did back then. I certainly don't. I want my hair, but it's just not there. Actually, I, my, I do have hair. I've said that before. I should wear it for a video sometime so you can actually see me wear my hair. And I just, I just have it for fun. Sometimes when you get dressed up and you go out to dinner at a restaurant where you know you're not going to run into anyone you know, I just put on this hair. And uh, yeah, so I know this has been kind of a weird podcast and uh, well, that's it. And Bob's in my life again and I'm very happy. Meanwhile, I'll be back again in a few days to tell you a bunch of other crap. <laughs> Whatever. If you're following my other podcast, Beginner Diet and Fitness Show, we are continuing with the diet through the holidays. You can listen into that and follow along and diet if you'd like to lose some uh, body fat before January 1st, when everybody tries to do it. And there's a new video on the Beginner Diet and Fitness Show YouTube channel. It's about teas. I like tea and coffee. It's one of my passions in life. And I, I did a little video. It's only about six minutes long about a flowering tea. And you actually get to see the flower open in the teapot. It's kind of cool. So I will be back. If you want to shoot me a message or say hello, I'd love to hear from everybody. My email address is an older gay guy show at gmail.com. Meanwhile, this is Joey Hernandez. Have a great few days until we speak again. Bye for now.